are all doing well out there that is right the rumors are out there legitimate rumors that tops could be out of an nfl players association license which essentially would uh give panini the exclusive right to make nfl football cards who knows if these rumors are true who knows if panini's waiting to announce something like this at a later date, maybe the national, maybe uh, at the industry summit, who knows? Maybe the rumors are not true, but as you guys know, on the, by listening to this program, many of you for many years, we don't care if the rumors true or not. We're going to be on today's show talking about that. Um, we're going to talk about basically that we're going to talk about, and then we'll probably take a break. Something we haven't done on this show in a while. We'll take a break and I'll come back and I'll talk about, uh, the VIP party, uh, that Panini is throwing at the national. And we'll talk about a little bit of NBA stuff since LeBron went uh, back home, back home to Cleveland. So that's kind of interesting. And there's lots of other stuff that's going on in the NBA. Uh, there was summer league and I was watching that. Uh, so we'll probably talk about that and maybe a little bit in terms of what that means for card values. And, and maybe some of you guys might be might have been out of the NBA last year. I mean, NBA cards sucked last year. There wasn't really a whole lot of big hits. So uh, getting it by the unopened box wasn't that fun of a gamble. So or it might not even been worth it at full price. So I mean, but maybe this year will be. So we'll talk about that. And by request, kind of our last topic we'll throw in will be daily fantasy sports and what I know about that. And I've actually been playing. Uh, I didn't do a lot of baseball. I started out playing baseball, uh, daily fantasy uh, at the start of the season, but I just got, I just felt I wasn't that good at it. I didn't have that big of an edge in it, but uh, I'll talk about specifically some of the websites that are out there and some of the stuff that's been going on there. And I'll talk about um, basketball and college football which I the college football more specifically, I think that is where you have your biggest edge if you're willing to do some research. But we'll save all that for a later time, later date in this podcast. Let's start it off, guys. The rumors are swirling started um, initially a little bit on Twitter. My brother certainly has done a lot more research on this and, and has reached out to people uh, in the hobby for comment. Most people, I will say, are zip-lipped. Um, except you could read into uh, some public comments that are out there on Twitter. Going back to July 9th, I mean, we're going back a little ways. This rumor is is, is still hot on the pan, so to speak. Um, but before this rumor even came out there, Brian Gray, CEO Brian, he has like 400 followers on Twitter. I, I think if you're on Twitter and you're not following this guy, you're you're doing yourself an injustice. He doesn't tweet very often. But back on July 9th, and I'll, I'll preface this why we're reading CEO Brian's tweets. Many times uh, in the past, uh, some news has broken in the sports card world, typically uh, licensing or things like that. And if you go back to Brian Gray's tweets before that news broke, sometimes you get kind of a premonition or some kind of uh, a hint 
And uh, that's why that's what we're doing on today's program. So not necessarily uh, journalistically correct, but we're reading between the lines with C. O'Brien's tweets. Uh, this is back in July 9th. Just thinking, this is quote, just thinking, comma, I probably wouldn't have a problem with exclusives if those companies would quit being predatory. So that's interesting. I wonder what Brian Gray's talking about there. I wonder what, what company's talking about there being predatory in terms of getting a license. Brian Gray fires, again, he doesn't tweet very often, but uh, last time he tweeted was July, like eight days earlier with Jadavian Clowney. Next tweet. I don't like when legal monopolies become illegal ones. Dot, dot, dot. Someday, a bright guy somewhere is going to make them pay for predatory behavior. So that's that's interesting. Brian Brian Grace tweeting all this out. Then he starts going going back and forth with somebody. He says making any competition of any kind possible all might be clear sooner than later. So he's he's given some more. And then finally he he wraps up his thoughts to if you had any any misconceptions of what Brian Gray was talking about back on July 9th, he finishes. This is his last tweet too. He hasn't tweeted since then says, quote, I was referring to exclusive licenses from League slash Players Association. So he throws in the Players Association here. And that's really where what this rumor is kind of um, surrounding around. You have Top supposedly out of the game uh, for NFL cards. And that would leave Panini, who negotiated some kind of exclusive license with the NFL. So that's interesting. So we've got Panini possibly being the only one that makes sports cards. And if you've seen the last couple releases that they've had with prestige and hot rookies and score, and even going back into last year with like momentum and all these stickers seem to load it up with stickers in the NFL. Even this year, they have like Johnny Mandel is a quote, kind of exclusive athlete for their Panini authentic line. And even Johnny Manziel is on a sticker. So it's uh, it's quite interesting that uh, that Johnny Manziel doesn't even really sign a whole lot on card, at least quite yet. I mean, Panini will probably release. I mean, it looks like Elite had some on card signatures and they have some other sets like Contenders and, and, and National Treasures and things like that. But it's not not a lot. There's a lot of people I was reading um, forum posts and, and seeing what collectors had to say about this. And a lot of them were pretty devastated, especially Topps Chrome collectors and Bowman Chrome. Uh, Bo- well, I mean, Bowman Chrome was kind of like the first year it really had a nice set this year in football. Um, but guys are really looking like they're going to miss Topps Chrome. And uh, that kind of set, they really enjoy putting that set together. So we'll see if this rumor is true. But hey, what, why... Why would this rumor be floating out there? For one, um, it could be, and I remember talking about this many, many shows ago. Um, I think back maybe in January or February, I started talking about this. But Tops late last year, requested to borrow $175 million. And I don't know if... If that number is is that's a big number in, in the grand scheme of business, that's that's a rather small number. But let me put that in perspective. I don't have the numbers in front of me, so these numbers are going to be slightly off. But just from off the top of my head, in 2007, Top sold for in excess of 300 million dollars. Now they had 80 million dollars in cash at the time. They had no debt. They didn't owe anybody any money. Tops had $80 million just kind of sitting in the bank, basically. And so you could kind of X out the cash off the purchase price. And really, Madison Dearborn Partners and Michael Eisner's company paid in the mid-200s, $200 million, $230, $240 million for the company. Now, that was in 2007. Think about if you bought a house in 2007, what that house would be worth compared to what you paid for it. You'd be well underwater. It probably makes sense to just walk away from it or figure out a way to get out from the house or rent it to somebody, hopefully. 
but um, not going to make any money on that house. So that's essentially where Tops is. And think about it, guys. If you bought a house in 2007 and just had to borrow a hundred and something million dollars, think about it. Tops sold for essentially 200, we'll give them $250 million back in 2007. They just bought, they just asked to borrow more than half of that amount. I'll let that sink in. Tops doesn't make basketball. In 2007, they made basketball. They don't make basketball anymore. Now, what if they don't make football? So part of this, part of these rumors swirling around, it doesn't shock me at all that Tops might not be able to go go to bat or if Panini comes strong with to the NFLPA with with a, an exclusive license deal, Tops might not be able to measure up. Tops might not be to be able to do something about it. Remember, I don't. I'm not a lawyer. I've never been in any of these negotiations. I really haven't talked to that many people about how these negotiations goes because really, it's the, it's the higher ups of the company. You know, the guys you see every day on Twitter and Facebook, kind of talking about the cards. They're not. They're not necessarily the ones, and certainly many of them are not the ones trying to negotiate these contracts. So I don't necessarily know how it all takes place. But I mean, think about it. It's business. It revolves around money. The company that's willing to show that they have the most money and are willing to guarantee the most money. Again, these contracts. I've read a blog that by a guy that has been in the licensing game and has had a company that sold this. He wrote a whole big long blog on, uh, on the whole process of getting a license and you make guarantees to the NFL. You, you tell the NFL in the, during the 2015 football season, I will give you $5 million or something like that. You guarantee money. So you can imagine if Panini comes to the table to the NFLPA, who's all about trying to make money for their players, and says, I'll give you $5 million, and Tops might be in some kind of financial difficulties. I was also on Glassdoor.com, for those of you who don't know that that website is. When I'm investigating companies, and certainly not Tops and Panini are not investment worthy by any stretch of the imagination, but when I'm investigating investment worthy companies, I often like to ones that I'm, I'm I might be investing money in. I like to go to Glassdoor and read. It's basically like the Yelp of like employment reviews. So you review what it was like working at the company on Glassdoor. So I go there and I check out. Whenever I'm on there checking out something else, I'll check out Tops and Panini just for fun. And Tops has been more active than it has in the past. And a recent uh, employee said the company was quote cash strapped, and so even employees are saying that you know when you borrow 170 million dollars, it means you you don't have any money, you know essentially. Um, so and and we I don't need to get into the the finer details of how private equity is structures business and how borrowing money now to run tops on leverage is a strategy of theirs that could end up working out even you know, brilliantly for them, even though this investment, they certainly overpaid and they've certainly held on to it longer than they've wanted to. But it's all about money, baby, when you come to the NFLPA. And it's possible that if employees are saying Tops is cash-strapped, they, the employee also said that Tops doesn't fix their IT. If, you, if you're an employee of Tops and your computer breaks or you're having problems, it takes a while to fix it. So you can imagine why they treat you like SHIT. Most of the time, it's because they get treated like that. Their own company treats their employees bad, and in turn, they treat the customers bad. It's just a revolving circle of death for a business that Tops is, is wrapped up in. And now they're borrowing money. So I don't need to, you don't need a finance degree to, you know, do the math. If Tops was overvalued and oversold, back in 2007 and now they're borrowing half of that value 7 years later that's probably not good they had no debt and they had 80 million dollars in cash and now they have a buck 50 of debt on the books at tops and the company might not be worth that honestly depending on how overpaid how much overpaid they paid for it and revenues certainly have gone down 
Baseball is probably fl- is definitely down and it's flat the last few years um, for tops based on numbers that you can see. And again, they don't make basketball cards anymore. They don't make hockey cards anymore. So we'll see. You can connect the dots. You can go to BG's tweets. There were other people on Twitter that are connected to the industry that made some, I'll call them cryptic tweets. And my brother has information that he's passed on to me that I would say are from credible sources, extremely credible sources that typically don't say this kind of stuff if it's not true. So don't be shocked if Panini worked out some kind of exclusive deal with the NFLPA. And I've already gotten emails. I see it all over the forums. People are not happy. And the one of the better better posts, I mean, there was a really good thread on Blowout. I'll try to remember to link to it. Somebody put out all the Panini products they made for the year and basically went through them all and said it wasn't worth it, wasn't worth it. There was like two products, three products that are worth collecting or buying by the box. But one collector really summed it up well, you know, to the people that were that were trying to jump off the bridge of collecting football cards anymore. One guy said, well, obviously buying this stuff by the box from Panini, if they don't clean up their act, it, you know, it's not worth it. It's You're better off buying just single cards. And that's what I often do. You know, I do, do I want to buy a box of contenders? Do I want to buy a box of prestige, score, uh, playbook, preferred? you know, Spectra, whatever they come out with at Panini. No, I don't. I don't want to buy any of it by the box. I I don't really even want to get in a group break because the problem is I can get in on a group break and hit the card I'm looking for and it's still worth less than what the group break spot cost me. So I'd rather just jump on eBay for everybody that's, you know, feels like gambling, almost a lose-lose situation opening a box, maybe just the joy of opening a box. I'll just buy the single cards. And I think that's that's probably the attitude to have if these rumors are true. But I will say from just the few public reading into a few cryptic public tweets and some of the stuff that I've been relayed privately and I've been told who says this rumor is true and that it has a very strong likelihood of happening. Those people are very credible and normally don't spread wild rumors, and they're the kind of people that would know if this rumor is true or not. So, very interesting. The the one the other interesting thing is is Panini. <laughs> if I was Panini, I would just buy Tops. It's clear that that MDP wants to sell this company. They just borrowed money against the company, and the company might not even be worth that. Um. Panini could have made an offer maybe in the $175 range, $170 million range without being privy to uh, everything on the books of tops. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure why tops, if Panini wants to stay in the football game and make cards, they should just buy tops because it's clear they're, they're in some kind of financial difficulties. Um, according to employees, that's not just what, what, on the surface, you can tell they're, if they're borrowing that much money, it's clearly it's not coming in fast enough. And then employees are backing that up. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. The bottom line, though, is Panini stuff sucks. I've looked at it. I've seen people. I've watched, I watched group breaks. I watch videos on YouTube far more than I probably care to admit. But Panini's stuff sucks. I mean, it's sticker, 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 sticker. And even if you hit a Johnny Manziel, it's on some weird insert card. They don't, Panini doesn't have, like Tops comes out with a Bowman Johnny Manziel. And then there's like eight different parallels off that with, with gold and red and X-Fractor and uh, orange and purple and green and all these different colors. And he signs them all on card. Why in the F? Doesn't Panini just come out with a prestige Johnny Manziel card and then have an autograph version and then have parallel versions? I mean, that's what Topps does. It seems to me that would be a whole lot easier. Instead, Panini's coming up with all these funky names, New Breed and, and Draft Selections and 
whatever team leaders and future rookies and future impact and all these different names for these it's like an insert guys don't want that they want that true rookie card and panini the few sets panini has that people kind of respect like contenders national treasures prism to a certain extent except it's sticker dumped really have very defined and clear rookie cards so i I don't understand panini I don't. I, I really don't understand it. They seem to get respect from their from their hockey products, but we saw what happened. The company at the end of the day, you know, we've gone over on the show. Upper Deck isn't waving their you know what around with a bunch of money. Upper Deck got the exclusive for hockey more or less because Panini didn't want it. They can get an exclusive with the NFL PA. You better believe they could have gotten a hockey license. So they didn't want it. So they lost money. They they made good hockey cards and it wasn't profitable. So they got to put out all this crap in basketball. I mean, it's it sucks watching people collect basketball cards. I'm gonna you know it could be a great year this year, but they're gonna screw it up. It's gonna be a bunch of crap, bunch of sticker autographs, bunch of insert. You know, instead of putting. Uh, Andrew Wiggins on a, on a nice rookie card with 10 different parallels and, and you know where the gold ones are worth a bunch of money and the low parallel ones are worth a lot of money. They're going to put them on some stupid insert set. So it's not going to be worth as much or not going to be as desirable, not going to be as collectible. Still going to be nice cards, but Panini stuff sucks. And so, yeah, if they get the exclusive with the NFLP, I'm right with most of you guys or all you guys that are going to be really disappointed. Because basketball, while Panini has done a better job with basketball, the problem with basketball is they've diluted Kobe and Durant. Now their autographs aren't worth much. You know, and because they have to put one in every case for you to feel feel good about yourself with Panini. So yeah, you pull a, co- a regular Kobe autograph; it's worth seventy five, eighty, ninety bucks. Might it be even less to a dealer? So we'll see. It's not good. It's certainly not good if uh, if if the NFL decides to go exclusive. And again, this is the NFL Players Association's decision this is why this is such a hard business this is why you shouldn't you shouldn't even make cards you should shouldn't aspire to be panini or tops and you definitely don't want to be in the kind of the ancillary selling this stuff or at least you should be aware of this kind of difficulties if panini and tops are having the difficulties making the cards you sure as hell selling unopened boxes or group breaks or whatever you want to sell single cards it's going to be difficult to make money because Panini's got to get a deal with the NFL where they use Seahawk helmet logos and the 49er logos and all the color schemes and the NFL logo itself. Oh, but to put players on the on the cards, which, I mean, yeah, get, you could make cards with just team logos on it, but it would get boring. Certainly couldn't charge $500 a box for it. Now you got to get a players association. And so that that's what, you know, to... Give people that might not know about this stuff the backstory where, you know, 25 minutes into the show. Essentially, Panini has worked out an exclusive deal with the Players Association, which will allow it to be the only manufacturer that can put players' faces like Tom Brady and Johnny Manziel and Andy Dalton on cards. Everybody else? No. Can't do it. Got to airbrush it. and You know, even if you airbrush it, you can't do it legally. Got to come out with a bunch of sketch cards or art cards like a lot of these other companies end up doing or do a repackaged product like a lot of these other companies do. So it'd be a big deal and it'd be a sign that Tops might be struggling a lot more than even than I think. But I, and I think they're really struggling. Clearly, they have to be struggling. I mean, they they've they're not selling as much product. Sales certainly haven't been trending up. They're owned by private equity. Which, where do you think that $80 million has gone in tops? They certainly hasn't reinvested it in much other than an exclusive baseball license. That money's gone into the pocket of investors in terms of distributions and stuff like that. And in order to maintain those distributions, tops has to borrow money because 
The distribution needs to go in the pocket of the investors' pockets, not back into the company. So now they're running it on debt. And believe me, private equity can exit from a business by bankruptcy. That's, you know, instead of paying the 150 back, why do that if you're Madison Dearborn Partners? If Tops is such a sucky business and you can't really sell it for a, a anything but a fire sale price, you just go bankrupt. Default on the loan. F paying 150 million, default on default on it. Go into bankruptcy, pay agree to pay pennies on the dollar. Some white knight like Panini or some other investor will come swoop in and pay you just a little bit for the tops brand and and probably score the company for less than a hundred million bucks. You wipe your hands if you're Madison Dearborn Partners and, and go home at the end of the day. So a strategy like that. It's not out of the question. So I'd be worried because believe me, if tops defaults on its debt, they don't care about redemptions. They don't care that they'll go bankrupt. So they don't have to, to, you know, it's like this new GM, old GM. You've probably heard GMs recalled a bunch of cars, but they can't, you can't sue. If you sue that GM, you'll just land in a long line of other people that the old GM owes money to. Now the new GM, which has stock and can raise money and I think even pays a dividend. I think I even have some shares that pays a dividend. I think I bought shares around the IPO or whatever after the IPO. Can't sue that company, but you can sue the old one that's broke. So, you know, Tops could work out the same kind of structure one day if it felt like it. Not saying that that's going to happen. That's a that's a big rumor and that's a big stretch. But losing things like the NFLPA license potentially is a sign that they're not loaded up with money and borrowing half of what the company's probably worth or about all the company's worth to run your company also not good. And then borrowing money with the plans of probably having NFL revenue and now that NFL revenue is gone, Tops is going to have to replace that based on the terms of the loan. They're going to have to figure out a way to replace that or figure out a way to make more money, stretch more money out of the baseball. So it's not good all around. If you like tops, if you're like, oh, I don't, I don't like football. I don't collect. I only collect baseball cards. Well, it might suck for that because tops might have to suck some money, more money out of that. Put less cards in there, put less cool stuff in there, charge you more or whatever. Basically charge you more and give you less. So it's not good. Let's hope it's not true. Let's hope this first 27 minutes is just a whole fireball of rumors. But based on what I've heard, this is a very strong rumor. And you never know. Sometimes these things get announced at at, at things like the National, things like uh, press conferences, things like that. So we'll see what happens. But speaking of the National, we'll come back. Yes, we're taking a break. And we'll come back. Talk about the Panini VIP party. Um, talk a little bit about the NBA. And we'll talk about daily fantasy sports. Kind of off-topic, semi-off-topic. Right at the end of the show. Time to talk about the Panini VIP party. And I put VIP in quotations because you'd think, by, and it says by invitation only. And the, l- let me tell you what the invitation actually is. It's either $10,000 or $7,500 worth of overpriced Panini product. That's how you get your invitation. It's not for people, the VIP is not for people that have been buying this stuff all year and have supported Panini through a really bad basketball season, a really bad football season, and a hockey season where it's their last one. No, you've got to come to the National and buy, if you're a dealer, you've got to buy $10,000 worth of specific product. And they're, and they're charging you pretty much full price for this stuff. 2013 National Treasures Football is $1,500 a case 
And I've seen it, I believe I've seen it for less than 350 at uh, a distributor recently. So they're charging you a full price. You know, Innovation Basketball, $75. Intrigue Basketball, $112. These are the dealer prices. If you're a regular Joe Schmo, you got to pay a little bit more than this. But you only have to buy, then you only have to buy $7,500 worth of stuff. But it probably ends up working out exactly the same. So this VIP party that Panini is going to be having at the National Set, there'll probably be some appearance by some athlete. Last year was Isil Puig. I don't think they'll they'll get as high a caliber. You know, if they have Johnny Manziel there, uh, that would be kind of cool. Um, really, outside of Johnny Manziel, they're de- definitely not going to have LeBron James there uh, because they don't have a relationship with him. So um, outside of Johnny, uh, nobody else would really impress me a whole heck of a lot, I guess. So we'll see. Maybe if they get Neymar out of the hospital and get him to show up, that would be kind of interesting. I don't know, but uh, my guess is this VIP party um, from people that I've heard that that for some reason were willing to pay this kind of money to get in, um, it's a snoozer. And instead of paying $10,000 to get in or $7,500 to go rub elbows with people that you pro- none of them are going to be your customers really. You know, yeah, there'll be there'll be some customers in there that paid seventy five hundred dollars, but there'll be less of those people. There'll be more distributors that got in for free, and there'll be uh, free in air quotes, and uh, there'll be dealers. So you paid ten thousand dollars. You know, there's there's going to be maybe t- over ten thousand customers at the national, and you're paying ten thousand dollars to not even get in front of them. So it do- doesn't make any sense. This is why this hobby. Um, you often don't, I don't see guys that sell on eBay or I don't see, like I said, I've been to the industry summit and like everybody was staying at the Orleans, which is like, like the most expensive room in the place is like 50 bucks. So, I mean, clearly standards and, uh, things are low around the hobby and what's low is sales and profits. So guys aren't balling mainly because they don't think about these kind of things. Instead of here, here's a revelation to all you guys going, especially a lot of the breakers. I've heard of breakers that you got to pay $1,500, like a breaker. They're having this breakers pavilion at the uh, industry summit this year, or not the industry summit, at the national in a couple of weeks here. So you can be a breaker. You can break in this breakers pavilion, which sounds like a, already like a train wreck because – I've never been to the national, but I can only imagine how stupid you're going to look when there's all these tables and all this stuff and, and the show floor is kind of buzzing with all kinds of talk and activity and you're sitting over on a webcam, which is exactly what you could have done in your hotel room. Could have just broken boxes in your hotel room or stayed at home and done it in your apartment. Why did you pay $1,500 to go and sit in some convention floor where there's not going to be crowds of people? It's not going to be like a golf event where like guys are on the putting green and, and people are lined up on the ropes to watch people putt. It's not going to be like that. So this is how stupid people are. They pay $1,500 to, to do a Breakers Pavilion. They pay $10,000 to do a Panini VIP thing. And how many more? Who, how many new customers are you going to bring in? If you're breaking live on your same stream, how many customers are you going to bring? You're going to have 10,000 people walking around at the convention floor, and you're going to be in front of the same 30 people on your webcam. A better idea would have been to spend, I would have spent $10,000 on marketing materials, t-shirts, hats, patches, backpacks. I don't know. Probably the cheapest thing to do would be print out a couple thousand t-shirts, print out, uh, I've I've actually looked into stickers. Um, I've actually made some sports card radio stickers um, in the past. I've uh, looked into patches. You can get patches really nice, like, so, you know, patches that you sew on, uh, like backpacks or jackets or something. Um, you can get those sourced for less than $2 each. Um, really nice ones. Get them even down cheaper than that, depending on how big you want them. I'd get all this swag with my company logo, how to contact me, my website, how to buy into breaks. I'd have a, maybe a pamphlet on uh, this is how we group break and this is how it works. Explain it to people. You're going to be surprised if this is your first time at the National. You're going to walk around the show thinking everybody knows about group breaks and, and really they don't. They don't care about you. They don't even know what set tops just came out with 
or Upper Deck or Panini. They really have never even bought a Panini card in their life. They care more about a 1965 Mickey Mantle card than any break. But maybe you can get some new customers. Maybe you can be, make people aware of your brand. Sitting at a table at some convention hall amongst another hundred people, you're, you're not going to stand out that way. Again, you're going to get in front of the same 50 people. If you go to this VIP party and pay $10,000 to get in, you're at best going to break even to lose money on whatever product you had to buy. Whether you open it up, give it away, whatever. You're not going to do well on it considering how much you got to pay for it. And you're going to rub elbows with, you know, eight Panini America employees and some athlete that they bring in who's just going to be sitting with his head down signing something the whole time. So I think people in a week or two are going to get a lesson into how to blow a bunch of money at the national and not get any new customers. You know, you might be you might be saying, "Well, Colin, why why doesn't uh, your brother go to the national and wear a wear a sports card radio t-shirt and pass out stuff?" We don't need to. I don't need any new customers. I don't have any customers. I don't need customers. I want cards. I want to buy cards. My brother often spends several thousand dollars worth of cards and we send them in to check on my cards and, and quite honestly, we do really well with that. We, we actually make money. I've made thousands of dollars buying and selling cards on check on my cards. So really, that's, that's the, if, if, even if I were to go to the National, that would be my focus. I wouldn't care about handing out business cards or letting people know I was there. I'd, I'm trying to get... I'm trying to get cards to sell because it's often you often get very good deals. And that's why if you're at this VIP party or if you're at this uh, breakers convention and doing something, you're going to be missing out on a lot of good deals that are going to be going on the show floor. And again, you, you know, use I would use the national, you know, you got if you're listening to this now, you, you've got a week or so while you can plan. But if, if you're listening to this after, if it's too close to make any changes at next year's national, if you're still around, if you're in this business and you're still around and you're still kicking it in another year, use the national to get it. There's thousands of new customers there that you can be meeting face to face, give something free to put something in the VIP bag, uh, you know, pass out, be on the show floor, uh, roaming around the whole time, put on some silly outfit. I don't know. Draw attention to yourself sitting on a webcam in the quote pavilion, which sounds like a bandwidth nightmare waiting to happen with all every group breaker alive trying to get on their semi-failing streaming site all at once sounds like the sales are going to be light too you guys are all going to be trying to break and sell at the same time and you're all going to be breaking and trying to sell the same products at the same time you better hope your customers have saved up money for like the last six months because chances are they have the same amount of money and combined to the same amount of breaks as they normally can so once once they get their fill it's going to be over so it'll be a lot of us sitting around in the Prakers Pavilion begging for people to buy into spots. So we'll see what happens. But this VIP party doesn't sound um, super interesting. I guess you get these wrapper packs. There's silver and gold packs um, you get for buying, uh, you know, certain products. Uh, and but those are going to be similar to um, probably uh, Black Friday and Father's Day packs. I mean. Panini will probably break it out a little bit, especially for the gold packs. I'd really just want the gold packs because there can't be anything good in the silver packs if they've got gold packs. They put all the good stuff in there. So we'll see. But next year, or the, if, you, if you got a week to cancel the or cancel your idea of spending 10000 overpriced Panini products, spending ten grand on that, if you decide not to do that, that'd be a good idea. If you decide to... You know, even if you've already paid $1,500 to get in some stupid group break for a billion, 90% of the time, walk around on the show floor, talk to people, introduce yourself, talk to them about group breaking, ask them why they haven't done it. That's what I would want to do. Walk around the floor, ask how many people even have bought into a group break in the last six months when the majority of the people tell you 
No, I've never bought into a group break or I haven't bought in one in the last six months. Figure out why. Why doesn't he? He or she, why don't they know about you? That's how you grow your business. Find out why these customers haven't moved online. Maybe it's the way you guys sell it. Maybe it's too complicated for a new guy. Maybe you need to sit down there and explain it to the guy. Maybe if you explain it to him and you figure out how easy it is to buy into a break or and watch the stream and how fun that might be, um, maybe he'll buy, start buying in. And the guys that are coming to the national with thousands of dollars in the pocket, those are the exact kind of customers you want. Trust me, if I needed customers, I'd be walking around the national floor sucking everybody's you-know-what. That's the perfect time to get customers on your side and get people to want to use whatever it is you've got. Sitting on a webcam, which is what you could be doing at home, exact same thing you could be doing at home, and exact same thing you could be doing in an apartment or a hotel room, is not an effective use of your time. Not when you have all that other opportunity to go out there and meet new customers and maybe do some market research, maybe figure out, hey, I've heard 20 people tell me it's too complicated. They don't even know how to buy endo break. They come to my website. They don't know what's going on. Maybe, maybe that'll give me a clue. Maybe I need to start doing some tutorials on YouTube. Maybe I need to lay it out a little clearer on my website so I can attract new customers. And I don't just take the same 30 people's money every month. And when they run out of money or run out of interest, I'm gone, done with customers. So I don't know if this actually goes through people's, like I said, when, I, when I'm around the industry, a lot of people seem to be struggling and hard up for money. It's probably because they don't have thought about how to run a successful business. They're just happy, oh, Alan Ginter's out, or oh, Elite Football's coming out, I'm going to be able to sell a case and make 80 bucks. Yes, can't wait for the next product. You're like a little hamster running on a wheel. So you guys got to start thinking a little bit smarter. Start thinking about how to grow your business. Start doing new things. Going the national and, and doing, like I said, exactly what you could be doing at home, I think is a waste of your time. Moving on. Last segment here is pretty much completely off the sports car topics. Um, so you can tune out if you have no interest in daily fantasy sports or hearing me talk about anything but sports cards, and I don't blame you, uh, you can tune out. But this is by request by – he sent me it via message, so I don't know if he wants me to um, say who he is publicly. But this is somebody I, I have enjoyed interacting with on Twitter. This is somebody I have never met in person. But I've interacted with them, I think, via email, via forums, via uh, bought some of his cards um, before online. Uh, somebody I feel like I know pretty well, and I actually enjoy reading his opinions on Twitter as well. So he knows who he is. Wanted me to talk a little bit about daily fantasy sports. And I won't, I don't know if I'll bore you tremendously. Um, with some of the talk about there's been some website consolidation. If you're familiar with the space, there's DraftKings, Draft Street, there's FanDuel, there's Draft Day, there's Fan Throwdown, there's Star Street, there's all these other streets and drafts, little websites out there. Well, the business is consolidating. These companies have raised, uh, DraftKings raised millions of dollars. Uh, Draft Street, I did, believe, did as well. FanDuel as well. Um, Fan Throwdown was purchased by a really shady public company. There's a lot of shady public companies out there. One at the top of the list is is the symbol, ticker symbol is MGT and it stand I don't know what it stands for, but they own uh they're in a lawsuit with some kind of royalty with slot machines and the uh, the way they've invested some of their income, basically shareholder money is buying some of these daily fantasy sports sites. And they bought they overpaid for 60% of fan throwdown and they bought 100% of draft day that was only a couple months ago for i think eight or nine hundred thousand dollars so not that much really when you think about that draft street and and draft day uh draft street and 
DraftKings and FanDuel have waged multi-millions of dollars, many millions of dollars, almost probably over $100 million all combined. For Draft Day, who was probably like a third or fourth, probably fourth or fifth tier fantasy site, but certainly had action, they only sold for 800000 Shows you that that was probably about the player balance. You know, they literally sold for whatever the player balance was. These sites don't make a lot of money. Um, that's my first prediction. They have to raise money. They're still in probably no profit, little profit mode. You know, you'd be surprised. They offer $2 million guaranteed prizes. They offer $100,000 or $10,000 everyday prizes on some of these really big sites. But I don't think they make a lot of money. And so that's why they're having to consolidate and combine forces. And the the recent com- combination of Draft Street and Draft King should actually be exciting for you as players because it'll probably, I think the industry needs to consolidate a little bit. Um in order for it to to grow to its full potential. I don't think daily fantasy sports is at its full potential. It's a lot like there's a lot of people that think like sports cards isn't collected or isn't bought at its full potential. And I'd argue maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I'd strongly argue to anybody that daily fantasy sports, I have many friends that I've played fantasy football with for over a decade, for at least 10 years now, maybe going on almost 15 years, I've been playing fantasy football and fantasy basketball. And I would say most of the people I talk to, they're very dedicated and they love fantasy sports, but they haven't tried this daily fantasy stuff. Maybe it's not, uh, maybe it's not for them, but they haven't even tried it. And so I think there's um, a big opportunity, um, especially if somebody like Yahoo or CBS Sports, I know CBS Sports has some real money fantasy games, but Yahoo in particular and ESPN, actually those two, ESPN and Yahoo, if they were to dip their toes in the water, make it really easy, like I could be in my regular Yahoo lineup and I could be drafting my uh, daily fantasy lineup for real money right on the side. Imagine if those companies started doing that, the the kind of breadth and growth. And that's why these little companies, um, and I say little because they really are, Draft Street, Draft Kings, FanDuel, uh, Fan Throwdown, uh, Draft Day, and all the, the other sites, they have to consolidate. Because we've already seen SportsIllustrated.com actually has, um, it really is just a kind of a white label offering um, for daily sports now. And I think Beckett even bought, quote, bought, uh, some kind of daily sport. Chances are what they're doing is they, they got a player base from some website and they're going to white a white label is a term. I used to work for a company that used to do white labels and essentially what it is is um, think of it almost like your own. Amazon has something called the A store, I believe is what it's called. And essentially you can put up a website of all your products that are on Amazon and make it kind of look like your website. But, it, you know, you're shopping through Amazon. There's lots of other sites. Um, a, a good example maybe is kind of like Priceline.com. It's not the true definition of white label. Um, but essentially they're showing you um, – certain sites are just showing you affiliate offers um, kind of on the back end. And I'm not exactly sure where I was going. Actually, I do remember. Beckett's going to do a same thing. Beckett's going to partner with somebody and kind of email blast or, you know, figure out a way to market you into daily fantasy sport. You're going to think you're playing or they're going to make you think you're playing on some kind of Beckett property. But chances are you're going to be running through um, some other player pool. They usually call it in poker. They call it skins like you play on. You might be playing on, you know, carbon poker, but the people that are playing on America's card room or playing, you know, you're playing guys on there and guys on Doyle's room or, you know what I mean? So it's just a different rebranding. And I think that's where Beckett will go um, with their attempt into the daily fantasy sport. I certainly want to want to be a little guy uh, in this business. And uh, again, I don't think it, it makes a whole lot of money. And this is just kind of uh, an unofficial endorsement that I've, I've played on DraftKings. And I haven't had any problems. I've actually played on almost all the sites um, for my own reasons. I've put, you know, $20, $10, $20 on all of them and just kind of tried them out. I found uh, DraftKings I like the most because they have a mobile app and it makes it very easy to watch your stats and, and move your players in and out. But aside from that, if you're thinking about getting into daily fantasy sports, um, I will recommend college football. And here's why. 
I think if many of you have listened to the show, you know in the past I didn't give two craps about college football. Well, recently I've spent just the last week studying everything I possibly can about college football because I think that's where you have the biggest edge on these daily fantasy sports because there's so many more games, there's so many more players, there's so many more cupcake matchups, whereas in the NFL, a lot of the teams in the NFL, even a bad NFL team, is still pretty good. You know what I mean? So anybody can win any different week, especially at home, in the NFL. So, and there's just not that many games. You know, once you get to the bye week, you only have a small selection of games. Um, if you're not playing in the Thursday game, uh, you know, that, that eliminates another game. The NFL is tough and there's, you know, there's bigger prize pulls and there's bigger action and there's more attention on the NFL. But I honestly think if you want to make some money, especially if you already know about college football already, but if you want to, you know, not necessarily make money, but put a little action on Sunday, have a little fun legally now remind i'll remind you that i'm recommending gambling but it's legal to do this you can deposit via paypal so it's it's legal i don't have to gift the payment to DraftKings and hope paypal doesn't see it or flag me no this is legal i've used my credit card i've used paypal for the most part to deposit and withdraw and nothing's you know Obviously, Washington and those idiots and certain states, there's certainly certain, I think there's like at least a half dozen states. You want to definitely check on that. In fact, they they prompt you on these sites if you're from, I don't know the states, um, certainly probably a state like Utah and some of the more conservative states um, don't allow you to play. So you want to check on that. But luckily, I don't live in one of those states and you can legally play. So... If you want a little action, again, don't bet. I literally have never had more than 20. I play for like a dollar, $2, 50. I enter the little 50 cent tournaments. I'm not one of these guys that will play for two, $300. Trust me, I, I feel like I have a bigger edge. If I do two, $300 in the stock market or some other kind of business like that, I can make a lot more money and a lot less risk and a lot less gamble. But for me, a dollar, two dollars, you know, I entered a tournament for a dollar and, and you, the winner can get two or three thousand dollars. And if you just kind of min cash, you'll get thirty, forty dollars. So it's kind of fun. But I will be I followed college football uh, relatively closely last year and I'm going to take it even more seriously this year. So I think this year is an interesting year with college football with the playoff system. Will might force players to play four quarters. It definitely eliminated some of the cupcake matchups um, that some of these bigger name teams would play. So that opens the door for small schools like Marshall, small schools um, out there, lesser known schools out there play a lot more cupcake uh, matchups. So you can take advantage of that. So there's my last tip on the daily fantasy sports. If you want to play daily fantasy sports, I recommend. Now, I recommend only playing on DraftKings and FanDuel. Based on what I know about the ownership now of Draft Day and Fan Throwdown, I wouldn't play there. I think your money is probably safe, but I say probably. When you can play on FanDuel and DraftKings right now at this given moment, and I believe your money is safe. And that's the most important thing. The worst thing would be to win some great prize, win $10,000. I mean, you can win life-changing money. There's people that have won a million dollars playing. That's life-changing money. Even $10,000, even $5,000. I remember when I used to play online poker and I'd hit three or $400. I'd hit a, you know, I'd win a tournament or I'd hit a big score for three, $400 online. And I was in college at the time. That was a lot of money for me. And so you can get on here and play for a little bit of money. Make sure you're over. I don't know what the age is. I don't know if you got to be 18 or 21. Check on that. Make sure you got your state allows this because again, the the worst thing would be to hit a big score, 10, 50, $100,000 score and not get the money. That would be like winning the lottery and losing the ticket. So make sure you can play. And if you can, don't bet more than you can afford to lose on the site again. 
It's all about um, controlling yourself. Don't get in it over your head. And you can use the same lessons for sports cards. If you're looking at this stuff and you're like, wow, Panini's had, how many times has Panini incentivized buying all this crap that didn't sell last year? They've had Black Friday. They've had Father's Day. They've had, you know, all these promotions. Now they're doing a VIP party because the stuff still hasn't sold. So you as a collector should see should just it should be screaming to you clear as day don't buy panini stuff unopened box by the unopened box don't even buy into it at a group break because it's probably not even worth doing that at the full price the only way panini can sell this stuff at full price to dealers or customers not just the customers to sell this stuff to full price to dealers they have to incentivize it with extra packs and all this other stuff Shows you how stupid Panini is. They spend all this money on promotion and VIP parties and packing up Black Friday cards and making those cards and doing all the promotion for that. Just make the products good in the first place and then you don't have to do that. Do you see Tops doing endless promotion to sell every product? No, because it sells already. Most of it, not all of it. And Tops treats everybody like shit. You can barely, you know, they put out a checklist on their website and it's only half of it. The company's not very well run. They're cash strapped. And they're still, they, they're miles ahead of Panini in terms of their ability to make cards. And trust me, there's, there's very few, if anybody, that was around in the glory days of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s at that company. Trust me, long gone. So I, I don't understand. Maybe Panini does listen. So I encourage you guys that don't like Panini stuff. If they end up with an NFL license, which by all accounts appears, looks like it's going to be the case. Start complaining. Start telling. Start showing. What I would do is start showing Panini how they need to get this done. Show a top set. Say, guys, I love Topps Chrome. This is what Topps Chrome does well. Panini, why don't you effing do the same thing with Prism? Why don't you do the same thing with Select? Two sets that look almost exactly like Topps Chrome. Here's what Topps does with Five Star that I like. Here's what Topps does with uh, whatever set. Ginter. Gypsy Queen. Heritage. Anything. Let them know because Panini's dropping the ball on a lot of this stuff, making these cards less and less desirable, less and less valuable, less and less incentive to chase after them. When nobody's buying this stuff from the dealer to the customer at full price outside of national treasures and contenders in a good rookie year, they don't even buy it when it's a bad rookie year. Shows you how bad it is. And then Panini spends all this money on marketing uh, these Black Friday packs and incentive packs and VIP parties to sell it. And it still will be sitting there. You'll still be able to call your distributor up, you know, the Monday after the national ends and buy this stuff for whatever they had it for before. Not good. Not good. Especially not good if they're the only company making, if the, the company that we can all agree makes kind of the, the shittiest products, you know, would you rather Upper Deck make basketball cards? Hell yeah. Just for the fact they got Jordan and LeBron in there, make that stuff 10 times more valuable. Would you rather have Tops make basketball cards? Yeah. Would you rather have Upper Deck make football cards? Yeah. Based on their track record? Yeah. Would you rather Tops make football, keep making football cards? Probably, yeah. It's not like they knock it out of the park, but compared to Panini, they they look like a, a brilliant, really run company over there, and they're not. They barely have any money. They're hiring. They're turning over their whole workforce because they probably wanted to get out, get guys out that were making a little bit of money and get in some of these fresh faces that are just happy to work at Tops. So make your voices heard. If this 
Panini rumor is true and it goes through, you need to tell Panini how to make cards again. Just show them. Just tell them to copy Tops. There's no patent on configuring a set like Tops Chrome, which was basically a base set, a, a base set, some autograph rookie cards on card, preferably, especially of the top names. I mean, yeah, if you got to throw in a handful of guys on sticker, whatever, but 90% of the stuff on card, and then have 50 parallels after that. Red, blue, green, camo, turquoise, black, yellow, purple, magenta, silver, platinum, gold, whatever. All different serial numbers, all different, maybe photo variation. Throw in some dual autographs, and that's it. One relic set. Top Scrum has like... Not that much. Has a couple insert sets, a relic set or two, and that's it. And people go nuts for it. And it's at an affordable price point. It's, it's You look at a lot of top stuff, it's at $60, $70. Their flagship products are typically $50, $60, $70. Not $150, $170, $200, $300, $400, $500. Yeah, you get to sell to these guys that sit around on webcams all day. The, you know, they'll buy they're stupid enough to buy the $300 product, but clearly that that doesn't just rake in the money. Since they have to incentivize the sales of those. Create value at that $75 box level. And that's what Panini's failed to do. Probably because they spent a little bit too much time kind of marketing themselves and and talking about themselves when, you know, they should try to just focus on the cards more. And with that, folks, I don't really have a whole lot I'm kind of going on, babbling on now. Um, Last thing I will mention and I'm going to make this a, a true listener. I'm going to make our next contest a true listeners. I'll mention this once here and then on our next show when I talk about um, the modern um, baseball card investor book by Jeff Wang. I'm going to be talking about that book uh, more on our next show because I'm almost done reading it. It's great. So I'm going to give away a copy. I'm going to figure out how I can buy a copy. And I'm going to I'll gift it to you on Amazon or I'll, I'll ship it to myself and then I'll send it to you. But I want to have a contest for loyal listeners. So if you're listening and you feel like entering for a chance to win this book, here's how I'm going to be. This is going to show just my true laziness here. This is one of those contests where you're going to be like, wow, I see how lazy I must be. And yes, after 100 and I don't know how many, 150 some odd shows that we've done here, I am lazy. So I want to know what you want me to talk. I, I got to, like I said, one of our topics today was daily fantasy sports. Also another one, our topic, I was going to talk about it anyways, but I've gotten uh, people that wanted at least some talk on the rumor of Panini losing, Panini gaining the exclusive NFLPA license. So, um, I want you to email me, sportscardshow at gmail.com. You can DM me or at tweet me on Twitter at sportscardradio as well. Um, either way, and and tell me a, a topic you want me to talk about. It, it could be a current topic, could be a topic we talked about in the past, could be a certain player, could be something not even related to sports cards. I, I don't mind throwing in something off topic at the end, as long as we have you know a good 30, 40 minutes of solid sports card talk. Um, solid probably is by interpretation, um, but at least I talk about sports cards. Uh, that's probably a better way to say it for 30 or 40 minutes, whether it's good or not, I don't know, but at least we've, we've talked about sports cards, but if you have an off topic, it could be anything. Um, I am not very intelligent about a lot of things. Uh, but if you want to know my opinion about something, you can always do that. So sportscardshow at gmail.com or get at me on Twitter at Sports Card Radio, and let me know something you want to hear on the show, hear me talk about, and I will enter you in to win uh, one of the books. And if I get, I'll probably do a random, but if I get a really outstanding idea, 
then uh, maybe I'll just give you the book. I don't know. I reserve the right to figure out how um, I'm going to distribute the book. If there's one really – I might end up doing two books. If there's one outstanding idea, I'll guarantee them a book and then we'll do a random off. I don't know. But you'll definitely have a chance to win. Send me an email, sportscardshow at gmail.com. Folks, that wraps it up. I hope everything's going well for you guys. I often think about, um, I have people that contact me, and uh, oftentimes I'm getting email from people that sound like they've listened to the show for a while. And uh, they're contacting me for the first time. And so I appreciate that for one, but I often think about you guys. I often think about, you know, not just the people that contact me. I think about there's, I listen to tons of podcasts. I listen to tons and tons of podcasts. Um, and and are always, I'm always willing to listen to a new one, at least for a little while. Um, and I rarely, you know, sometimes I contact the host, um, you know, out of encouragement or uh, for whatever reason, um, but not for a lot of them. So I appreciate the people that do. And so there's a lot of people out there that probably never contact me. I think about you guys. I hope everything's going well for you. Um, if you ever need anything from me, uh, there's not much I can provide, uh, but you can always uh, contact me um, for whatever reason uh, you feel like. And uh, so I appreciate you listening. I appreciate everybody out there um, and we'll be back soon. For the national, we'll bring my brother on. We'll put that red E on the uh, on the explicit tag. Uh, turn it down with the kids, or hopefully, if you're under 18, turn it down so mom and dad don't hear. The national's coming. We'll be back then. For now, we are out of here. <laughs>